0: everyone you're listening to Ed Young Radio Ed Pastor's Fellowship Church and we want to thank you for listening with us These next few minutes together can change your life and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com Enjoy the message I'm sure you have one of those panoramic features on your phone the panoramic pictures You know I love to take panoramic pictures but to be totally candid I don't use that feature enough It's time consuming, and then when you're scrolling through your pictures, it's sort of difficult to see the essence of a panoramic picture. But several years ago, Lisa had this bucket list trip. She said, honey, would you please take me to the Grand Canyon? I did, and I took a panoramic view. We went with a couple of tourists in this helicopter. We flew down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, had a little lunch. I took the panoramic picture, and the panoramic picture looks good on these giant screens, but who has screens that big in their home? I don't. I don't. Well, maybe you do. Anyway, there's no way you can capture the essence of the Grand Canyon unless you're there, literally there on the floor of this wonder of the world. But a panoramic view, a panoramic picture does help. But an old-school Polaroid, that's kind of pathetic, Well, today I want to talk to you about a panoramic picture of a different kind. I want to talk to you about the panoramic picture of prophecy, prophecy, the end times prophecy, what's going to unfold in the future, a panoramic view of prophecy. And specifically, I want to go through a panoramic view of the book of revelation. What does revelation mean? What is revelation about? It's very confusing. It's compelling. It's full of symbolism. And here's what I love about the book of Revelation. Basically, the book of Revelation has one message. We win. So I'm not gonna do this series to scare you. I'm not gonna do this series just to inform you. I pray that this series conforms you into the image of Christ. When we read the book of Revelation, not understand it, it says, we read it, we're gonna get blessed. So what's the book of Revelation about? What's the Bible about? The Bible, 66 books. The Bible is about the redemptive work of Jesus. So the first thing you need to write down is the unbelievable person of Jesus. The unbelievable person of Jesus. The Bible has one villain, Satan. One hero, Jesus, one message, Jesus saves, Jesus rescues, isn't that great news? So we're just reading and studying about, we win, we're going to be in heaven and heaven is not going to be a place where we just sit there. Heaven is going to be a place where we do things, our gifts and abilities in a perfect environment. John wrote the book of Revelation. It was John. John was one of the 12 disciples, one of Christ's clique, one of his squad. He was on an island of Patmos. I love islands. Think about John, just kicking back, sipping tropical drinks, looking at the palm trees, maybe saying to himself, I might climb that tree and get a coconut, you know? He was on Patmos because he was preaching the gospel. And the Romans didn't dig it. So they said, we got to get this guy out of here. So they pushed him to Patmos. Well, he was more effective for God on Patmos than he was when he was on the streets preaching. Because he, he, he wrote this book, The Reveal. This book was given to the seven churches. Stay with me now. And we'll talk about the seven churches. And this book of Revelation was circulated in a clockwise fashion and read as sermons to all of these churches. So that's how it was, it was dispersed. And then it was directed, of course, to Christians worldwide. Many times people say, wow, what am I doing in this nowhere job? You know, what am I doing in school or what am I doing way over here? It's just kind of a small thing. Well, yeah. God has you where you are for greatness. If you'll just look up and go, wow, that's your Patmos. That is your area. Maybe you're in a little cube at work. I don't know. Maybe you're in the middle of nowhere. But if i got before more people, God has you there for a reason. You be faithful and and, and you watch and see what happened. That's what happened to our boy, John. So John's talking about Jesus, the unbelievable person, Jesus. Let's read Revelation chapter one, verses one and two. The revelation, in other words, the full identity from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. We got to realize when it comes to God, time is now. We're like, oh, yesterday, uh, 10 years ago, and uh, a couple of years no. It's now to God. Once these things start happening, once the dominoes start falling, it's going to be quick. Here's what soon will take place. He made it known by sending his angel, that's right, to Patmos, to his servant John, who testified to everything he saw. And again, John is using words, I mean, in phrases, this is 2,000 years ago. He didn't understand everything he saw. Just like I don't understand everything there is to know about the Bible. The Bible is not a book of proofs. It's not. The Bible does not tell me what I want to know. It tells me what I need to know. So we have the 411 before uh, the Lord has to call 911, and it's right here. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. The word of God. What is the word of God? The word of God is the Bible. Theonustos. The Bible is God-breathed. Using personalities from all different authors to write one theme, Jesus saves. If you think about it, it doesn't take someone who is that bright to realize there is an evil force, there is a person, there is the devil, there is the, the 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 man who is called the man of lawlessness, Satan. I believe there is a dark, sinister force wreaking havoc in our world today. How do you explain what's going on? When, when, when people say, I don't believe in devil, uh, I go, man, I do. And I just kind of explain it because Evil has to have an explanation. Good has to have an explanation, and, and we just see it. The devil, though, the devil hates several books of the Bible. He hates the whole Bible, but he hates several books of the Bible. This is kind of an extra credit. He hates the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation. Those are the two books he hates the most. In the book of Genesis, for example, the, the devil is announced. In the book of Revelation, the devil is trounced, <laughs> in, the, in, in the book of Genesis, you have the first heaven and the first earth. In the book of Revelation, you have the new heaven and the new earth. You have in the book of Genesis, the, the curse. And in the book of Revelation, you have Satan leaving in a hearse. You see, you see the difference. Uh, in the book of Genesis, you have, for example, man-driven from God's face. And in revelation, you see God's face as we win. So he hates the book of Genesis and he hates the book of revelation. He hates to see, okay, this is what's going to happen to me. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't dig it. So he doesn't want us to study it. And, and we need to know he's the father of lies and, 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 and he's all about evil And that's who he does, and that's what he does. So we know that legislation is not the answer. It's great to have good legislation. It's not the answer. Education, I'm all for that. It's not the answer. It is heart transformation. And that's what should happen as we study the book of Revelation. So it's about the unbelievable person of Jesus. Also, number two, it's about the unquestionable position, the ruler. Now, here's where it gets really, really crazy. John is hanging out on the island, just relaxing, you know? And this angel comes to him in this vision by the Holy Spirit. He sees the future. So Jesus now is going to invite him somewhere. Let's, let's read it. Revelation chapter four now, verses one through three. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Wow. Wow. And the voice I had first heard, you can write the word Jesus on on, on the word voice, speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone, this is God, sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircling the throne. Now, very quickly, there are three levels of heaven. The first level would be what we see in the clouds and whatever, heaven. Second level would be where the angels and the demons reside. The Bible says they're Forces, their wars, their principalities going on that we cannot see with the naked eye. The third level is gonna be the level where God resides. So Jesus is, this is just crazy. This is unbelievable. Jesus is like, hey, John, come here, come here, come here, come here. I wanna show you God's room. I mean, here, here is the Lord sitting on the throne. Notice this John had access because of Jesus. He could get into this room because of Jesus. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is our, I love this, high priest. That means, th- th- talking about total access, that means as a believer, whenever I pray, I literally can go into the throne room of God. <laughs> oh. I was thinking, how can I explain that? How can I explain that? It's hard, to, it's hard to wrap our pea brains around. In the throne room of God, how can I explain that? Then I thought, a while back, an owner of a professional football team invited me to sit in his suite, and it was sweet, <laughs> to watch this game. I'm thinking, this owner of an NFL team invited me? I would be an idiot to say, ah, no, can't make it. (laughs) I was there. This guy's box, we were in the end zone. It it was like, and I'm I'm sure I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it seemed like the entire end zone. Go through all this security, look at the badge, Ed Young, you know, I'm like, whoa, and and they're just looking at the badge. They could care less. I'm pastor, whoever. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, access, access. So I got up in this suite, the artwork, in the suite, priceless. And I walk in, former president of the United States, secretary of state, Nolan Ryan and his wife, hashtag humbled. And I could just walk up and talk to the owner Anytime. Hey, it's great to have you. How's fellowship doing? Great, you know. Anything you want, caviar, champagne, filet mignon. Yeah, It was unbelievable. And I'm looking down on the other people, and they're in these cramped seats, eating overpriced junk food and drinking expensive beer. And I'm going, (laughs) wow. Look where I'm thinking this. I didn't say it. Look where I am. You just kind of feel like, whoa, okay, well, I'm here and you're there. <laughs> whoa, I felt that just for a second. I just, I just want to confess, just for a second, I felt, hmm, I just that confidence, just being there. And then the owner asked, "Do you want to go on the field?" <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Private elevator. <laughs> All these security. While I'm walking on the field, the perspective of this game being up there, I mean, the monitors and the food, and it's just, oh, it's it's just ridiculous. I thought to myself, how many times as a Christian have I bought just a typical seat in the stadium, walked up to the nosebleed section past the owner's box, and I said to myself, must be nice. (laughs) Sat there, nacho cheese dripping all over my face, drinking a Diet Coke, when as a follower of Christ, I know the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As a follower of Christ, I have access to the sweet, to the box. I can have access to God through Christ. I can eat his food, do his will, watch life play out before me. I got to ask you, what are you doing? You have an opportunity, have an opportunity each and every day to enter the throne room because of the access of Jesus. It's not because my merits. Good isn't good enough, but God is God enough. Are you, talk, are you going to talk to God in prayer? Are you going to ask him? Are you going to listen to him? Are you going to worship him? That helped me kind of understand the throne room. John, right there. Oh, here, number three, number three. got to go fast now. Fast, 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 fast. The unlimited personality. So you've got the, and I have to do outlines like this to keep myself studying to pay attention, like alliteration and rhyme. I love it. Okay. The unbelievable person, the unquestionable position, now the unlimited personality, God. What's the personality of God? What is God like? Jesus. Well, I mean, really, what is he like? Well, well this is, how many people in here have pets? I talked about pets a second. There. If you have a pet, lift your hand. Well, we're going to look at, at, at some creatures. And if these creatures were our pets, it would, it would really be something. Revelation chapter four, verses five through eight. From the throne, this is where God resides now, came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. Right in your margin, the Holy Spirit. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. That represents the holiness of God the magnificence of God, the purity of God. Some scholars believe this refers to obedience. This C refers to baptism. Interesting. Baptism is about obedience, right? First of all, we become a follower of Christ. We're baptized. So so some of those images, let those marinate for a second. In the center and around the throne were four living beings. Now, this, this gets really crazy. Again, here's John. He's just chilling on Patmos 2,000 years ago. So this is the best he could do. I mean, obviously, the Holy Spirit is Spartan, but he's trying to describe stuff in the future. So, so some are like, oh, I can't believe it. It doesn't make sense. Think about that. Think about what he was seeing. I mean, God doesn't want us to know everything. So he's just going to tell us some of these things. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes. Whoa. Front and back. Hmm. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. Okay. I see that. And the fourth was like Ah! an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. What if you had a pet covered in eyes? You pet him and you're just petting eyeballs. Can you imagine the visine, Bill? (laughs) Now, what does this mean? This means you're talking about the attributes of God here. We know that God is all seeing, all knowing, all powerful. The Bible says this. So when we tell God something in prayer, God's not like, oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for giving me the information. He knows it all. Even before we've done it yet, within that we have a freedom of choice. We're simply seeing the fact that God is all seeing, all knowing, all everywhere. There is nowhere where he is not. And we're seeing that these creatures somehow help. It's not that God has poor eyesight in this realm. I don't know. No one knows for sure. Yet here is the take home. Here is the do factor of this text. Before I read the rest of the text, we see the character qualities, the attributes of God very quickly, fill in the blank, the lion What Does that represent the power of God. We have access because we have access to the owner's box, to the power of God, you need some power. Some are like, Ed, I feel so weak over this addiction. I mean, this alcoholism is about to kill me. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. The first step in the 12-step program, admit you're powerless. It comes from scripture. 12 steps are all from scripture. Admit you're powerless. And we can tap into the power of God in his throne room. Yeah, but I just don't feel like God is near. Well, who do you think moved? The power of God. We need power. Maybe you need power at work. Maybe, maybe your boss is acting like a jerk. I need power. It's available for you. The lion. The ox. The faithfulness of God. An ox is faithful. Johnny on the spot. Ox is strong. Commitment laden. One of the biggest things we can do is just show up. God's going to bless you. It's, it's, that, it's that muscle memory. So often I don't feel like working out. And you can tell I'm a competitive bodybuilder. I don't always feel like working out. But I've got to do the three hour workout I do every day. I just sometimes just show up. Oh, I can do that in rhythm, watch it. You... I've had too much caffeine. Man. Okay, man. That equals intelligence. Now, some of the wives are going, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) He's intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Here in this context, intelligence. Maybe you need some wisdom. And here's the problem about revelation. Some people who talk about revelation all the time, they're weird. You know, some of these people that say they're Christians, but they're just kind of weird. You know, we're not going to be weird. We're not weird. We're giving wisdom. Wisdom. Maybe you need wisdom as you negotiate the maze of life. Maybe you need wisdom on what career path to take. Maybe you need wisdom in a dating relationship. Maybe you need wisdom in dealing with your rebellious teenager. Maybe you you need wisdom. I need wisdom. It's right there. Total access, I got a badge. I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve to go in the owner's box. I just, through a strange set of circumstances, had the opportunity. He invited me, I said, Yes. Also, the eagle. There's no bird like an eagle. Eagles can fly over stuff. You know, the other birds, eagle. Right? So often in my life, I get so immersed. I'm so concentrating on the the trees that I miss the forest, you know. So concentrating on the shot clock that I forget to play. When I bring my request to the throne room, God gives me that perspective, man. Perspective, sovereignty. So the lion is power, the ox is faithfulness, the man's intelligence, the eagle is sovereignty. Last thing, and then we're done. We're spurring the horse to the barn, and we're gonna talk about the white horse of Revelation the undeniable promise, the undeniable promise. There's so many promises of God in his word. And when God gives us a promise, I'm telling you, he's gonna make good on it. Revelation chapter one, verse three, blessed is the one who reads aloud. Again, doesn't understand it. We don't have to understand it all. Who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. What is written in it because... Let's say it together, the time is near. In one of my theology classes in seminary, it was taught by this guy, he was Mensa brilliant, L. Russ Bush, Dr. L. Russ Bush. He was one of the editors of the Life Application Bible, et cetera, and he would start his lectures. He wouldn't say like, you know, hi, how's everyone doing today? He would just start talking. So here's what he said one day. He walked in and he goes, you know, children's books, have some amazing theology and eschatology. I want theology to study of God, eschatology to study the last things. I'm thinking, this guy reads children's books? (laughs) You know, I enjoy reading children's books because of the theology and the eschatology. And he said, you know, children's books end with, and they lived happily ever after. We're made for that, he said. And I started thinking, isn't that true? If you ask me, Ed, what are your favorite movies? They lived happily ever after. Many times I've been reading about maybe a novel or I've seen a movie. It just stops abruptly. I'm like, really? I want you to have this ending in the ever after. I, I want I want you to live happily ever after, not to have this. Abrupt ending, you're like, that's it? Because we're all moving toward the last days in our lives or with this world. God promises us, though, if we establish a personal relationship with Him, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about a relationship, Jesus will infiltrate our lives and we'll live forever and ever with Him.